I uh, uh, got a card from a friend the other day. Uh, Christmas greetings, you know, uh, come around. <clears throat> and it had a quote on the front of the card from Billy Graham. It was an appropriate comment. Said Jesus was the central theme of that first Christmas. The star, the song, the gifts, the joy, the hope, the excitement, all were because of him. It's a quote from Billy Graham. And uh, the gifts in particular caught my eye uh, because that's the focus point for me this morning. Uh, at each Christmas season, I, I try to intentionally look for something that uh, I can put myself in the way of that might be the thing that the Lord uses to capture my heart anew and afresh. You know, it may be uh, a, a choral concert, it may be an orchestral presentation, it may be listening to something, you know, uh, Handel's Messiah or whatever whatever works for you. I was, I was kind of anticipating that that might happen this Friday uh, when we were down in Virginia and went to our granddaughter's church. They do a big production. Uh, they do service on Friday night. They do four services on Saturday and four services on Sunday. And uh, it's... Uh, quite a quite a production, and, and the church is oh I don't know physically uh, it might seat 350 people, but they have to run those multiple services to to capture everybody. They run multiple services normally on Sunday, anyways. And so the the focus point was on uh, Christmas gift. Christmas at Christian Life uh, was the was the theme focus. And uh, when you when you eventually got into the sanctuary and were seated, uh, they had uh, a, a present, a pack, uh, like a Christmas gift, multi-dimensional kind of projection, on the uh, on the on the screen in the front, and it was focusing on Christmas gift. What were you going to get for Christmas? And then the, the interactive stuff they did anyway, but um, the focus point was on the gift. And how many times we get very focused on gifts. And so in their service, I think it was intentional that the first half hour, almost 45 minutes, was all focused on the consumerism side of, of Christmas. And we took a tour of Target where you can get everything that you want for Christmas, you know. And they talked about, oh, I, they talked about an air fryer. And I thought, well, oh, I don't have one of those. I wonder what that would be like. But it was that little bit of a hook to get you to think about something else that you could get that you think would provide just what you need to give you a sense of satisfaction for Christmas. What am I going to get for Christmas? And the whole front part of that service was intended to be a hook to get you thinking about and almost feeling the turmoil of all of that, focusing upon gifts. And then uh, after that whole thing was stirred up in the people, there came this very simple reading of Luke 
too. And and uh, just as much as as Mike and Sue were reading, and and Mike got to the one point where you you heard you heard you choked you heard you heard that yeah yeah, and then Sue got to a point where she you hear that you know just as, where you suddenly realize what you're saying is really at the heart of what Christmas is all about, and they did a wonderful job of just pulling that thing back in. Uh, if 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 the service had been 45 minutes long, we probably would have gotten up and left. But I was hoping that there's going to be this resolve that would come, you know, and it did, and it came very well. Um, today is December 15th. That means in 10 days, 10 days, Christmas will be upon us. The Black Fridays are all past now, and Cyber Monday flurries have all occurred. And... Uh, when we came home, uh, while we were gone, our, our next-door neighbor happens to be our daughter and son-in-law and family. They had responsibility for our B-shot. So when we, we were gone for essentially a week, and so we wondered, coming back, if, A, the dog would ever talk to us again. You know, this is how that works. You know. but, uh, but, but we were anxious to see the dog. and that kind of, So we, we came in the house, and we had put up a small Christmas tree and put a couple presents underneath it that we were planning to take to Pittsburgh when we go to observe Christmas with our family in kind of a, 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 a gag gift exchange kind of thing we do. But suddenly, under this Christmas tree that we had set up, there were, must have been about another six or seven presents, and I didn't leave them there. And I don't... I'm not convinced Santa Claus brought them either, but, but that's another issue. Uh, but so... And I, I haven't even taken time to look at where they, I have a hunch where they came from, but I haven't taken time to look at it. But Christmas presents sometimes become the, the focus point. And so if if you still have a few minute, a few few things you need to get, you've got the last minute deals out there, and if you've been putting it off and hoping you're going to get, eventually you're going to run out of time. So so you'll have to deal with that. So what's under your tree this year? maybe your tree is kind of sparse. Maybe it's a tough year. And maybe there are things that you're kind of hoping. We we uh, got an email from a gal and a friend of ours that had a memorial service for her husband just passed away recently. And uh, she was reflecting upon their first Christmas in upstate New York and how her husband had been on strike and she talked with the kids and said, you know, things could be a little bit tight this year, so don't be expecting a lot of stuff, um, just so you know. And then and the rest of the email was a testimonial to how God provided. Uh, someone knocked on the door, new to the area, and uh, said, we, we have presents we want to give to you, and here's some food, and everything that was needed, God provided. And that's what God does in providing for us and giving us presents. Uh, I, I'm, I'm wondering if you've ever given thought or wondered what presents Jesus would put or would have placed under your tree. <clears throat> what is it that he knows that you need? So I want to look at three portions of Scripture and look at the gifts uh, that, he, that he would give to us. I'm going to begin in, in the Old Testament book of Isaiah, chapter 40. I want to read the portion of Scripture. Um, 
uh, that's found there. And, and if this sounds familiar, it ought to, particularly if you're into musical portrayals of this kind of thing. Uh, it, it's it's a, an aureal kind of feel to it, you know. So Isaiah chapter 40. Comfort, comfort my people, says your God. Speak tenderly to Jerusalem and proclaim to her that her hard service has been completed, that her sin has been paid for, that she has received from the Lord's hand double for all her sins. A voice of one calling, uh, I, 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 I go to King James default, a voice of one crying in the wilderness, you know, kind of thing. It's anyway, calling. In the desert, prepare the way for the Lord. Make straight in the wilderness a highway for our God. Every, I almost want to sing it. Every valley shall be raised up. Every valley shall be raised up. Every mountain and hill made low. The rough ground shall become level. The rugged places a plain. And the glory of the Lord will be revealed. And all mankind will see it together. For the mouth of the Lord has spoken it. A voice says, cry out. And I said, what shall I cry? All men are like grass and all their glory is like the flowers of the field. The grass withers and the flowers fall because the breath of the Lord blows on them. Surely the people are grass. The grass withers and the flowers fall, but the word of our God stands forever. You who bring good tidings to Zion, go up on a high mountain. You who bring good tidings to Jerusalem, lift up your voice with a shout. Lift it up. Do not be afraid. Say to the towns of Judah, here is your God. See the sovereign Lord comes with power and his arm rules for him. See his reward is with him and his recompense accompanies him. He tends his flock like a shepherd. He gathers the lambs in his arms and carries them close to his heart. He gently leads those that have young. Isaiah 40 is one of those wonderful portions of scripture that is capitalized in Handel's work and uh, uh, probably other pieces as well that just talk about what God has done for his people. So let me talk about potentially what I think could be appropriate gifts. The first is the gift of healing from a checkered past. Healing from a checkered past. When you understand the story of the scripture, when God begins to disclose himself to a, a, a people that he tries to call to himself, after all of the fall of creation and all of the nonsense of the Babel stuff and and, and then God finally finds a man named Abraham and calls him out, gives him an assignment, gives him a promise, and tells him, this is the way I want you to go. Many times as you read through the Bible, you find these Old Testament characters, you find these highlight characters that seem to get it right. Abraham believes God and he goes. Moses trusts God and he leads. You can, you can go through Joshua, Judges. You can, you can deal with fine people who seemingly get it right. They seem to obey God and do it. And there's, a, there's some good stuff that comes along. And you don't get a lot of the, the... The bad stuff is there, but it seems like it's overshadowed by the highlights of some good people. But then you get into the history of Israel, where you run into all of these kings following David and Solomon, and then they just kind of go their own way. 
and you have the division of the nation of Israel into Israel, the northern kingdoms, and Judah, the southern kingdoms. And you have all that going on. And then you have a, a litany of, I think there were about 40 different kings that, that's, that ruled over, over the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. And you could count on one hand the number of guys who got it right. It seems like from that point on, it's like a downhill slide. So I would remind you in this gift of healing from a checkered past about the sins of Israel that would haunt them. Have you done things in the past that haunt you? I know that when we come to Christ, he forgives us all sin and he cleanses us. But sometimes there are people who don't even get to Christ yet because they're haunted by their past. This is what I did. This is what I did as a young person. This is what I did as a young adult. This is what I did at work. This is what I did in terms of uh, things that, that you're not really proud of or things that you wish, boy, where was my head when I did that? Why was I thinking? And you make bad choices and you bear the consequences of that. It was the people of Israel had the same kind of business going on. You look at the kings of Israel and the things that were going on among the people. They had all kinds of other gods than the God of Israel. The, uh, the God above all, all gods, the God Jehovah, God. They had all kinds of things. There were there were Asherah poles. There were there were Balaam that were that were worshipped. There were all kinds of all kinds of alternate focus points for worship. And 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 then and then they would get into doing things like offering their children as sacrifices. They would have high places that were that were throughout. Both countries, it seemed, Israel and Judah. And, and they didn't get it right. They didn't get it right. You read through that as you read through the scriptures about them, and your heart breaks, and you think you, you would like to kick somebody. You would like to just kind of, you know, give a two-by-four, whack them over the head and say, now that I've got your attention, let me tell you what you need to be doing. And it's not that they didn't know what they needed to be doing. God provided prophets. God provided his spokesmen. But they just had a heart that was walking away from God and they were littering their life with things that were checkering their past, things that were keeping them from being able to serve their God. The first gift I think Jesus would give is a gift of healing from a checkered past. Sometimes we have a hard time letting go of our mistakes from the past. We let them haunt us. We let them linger too long in our homes. And we need to understand that the blood of Jesus Christ, God's Son, cleanses us from all sin. And as much as the, the sins of Israel that would haunt them, there are the sins of you and me that could haunt us. As I was growing up, you know, you made dumb choices. You did dumb things. And sometimes your family is good at reminding you about who you were. I can remember times more longer ago when when I was heading toward this ministry path that God had asked me to come on, and I willingly said yes. And sometimes my family would say, do you remember when you used to? <laughs> and you remember you did, you know? And sometimes they would use that just to kind of Remind me that I'm not this saintly, angelic 
preacher guy who doesn't have a past. Sometimes people remind us about our past because at, at times it may make them feel a little bit better. Sometimes it might make them feel a little more comfortable that that you know God's going to, uh, if he can do something to care for the stuff that this guy did, then certainly he's going to cut me a curve on the break schedule that way. Those healing issues that need to come from our past are something that God wants to give you as a gift. At this Christmas season, I don't know what it is that you may have done, or maybe that you're dabbling in right now. That's always a prospect. But I want you to know that the message of Christ at Christmas is, here's a gift for you. I can heal you of all the junk of that checkered past. The the scriptures say, and your sins and your iniquities he remembers no more. Wow. When you stop to think about all the stuff that you have done, and it's gone. We used to sing a chorus in the youth group when I was growing up. And the chorus was simply like this. Gone, 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 gone. Yes, my sins are gone. Now my soul is free and in my heart's a song. Buried in the deepest sea. Yes, that's good enough for me. I shall live eternally, praise God. My sins are G-O-N-E, God. That's, that's an old, I don't know, where that, I didn't, that wasn't in my notes, but just, just a reminder, those things kind of pop up from time to time about what Christ has done. There was healing from a checkered past. Now I want to come to a New Testament portion. So I need you to flip over to 2 Corinthians chapter 1, 2 Corinthians chapter 1. 2 Corinthians chapter 1, and I'll read just a couple of verses, verses 3 and 4, and they'll be on the screen as well, but, but uh, uh, here, here's an additional word, different perspective, additional word. 2 Corinthians 1, verses 3 and 4. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, the Father of compassion and the God of all comfort, who comforts us. Remember Isaiah 40, comfort ye, comfort me up. Pick it up. There's the theme. Who comforts us in all our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort we ourselves have received from God. Okay. So that same theme of comfort weaves through here to this New Testament portion. It's the gift of help for a troubled present. The gift of help for a troubled present. Uh, I got an email from a, a chaplain friend of mine, Eric Gramling, who had served as a pastor in his district, now has been in uh, Army chaplaincy for quite a while now. And uh, in the in the email, he, right off the very go, or off the get go, in the email, he said, "You know, this world is really troubled." This world is really troubled. There are a lot of things going on that just have all have people all out of sorts. And it can be political, it can be economic, although we, we hear about the boom of the economy. But sometimes that political ranking that goes on just gets so distracting that it just causes us to be troubled. 
I would tell you about this gift of help for a troubled presence. It deals with the troubles of mankind. I don't know what your troubles are. The old spiritual says, nobody knows the trouble I've seen. You know, that kind of, and you may, you may be wrestling with some stuff right now that is troubling to you. It may be relational stuff with family or friends or coworkers. It could even be somebody in the church. There are all kinds of things that can trouble you. But I want you to know that the second gift that Jesus longs for you to receive, he longs to give to you, and you receive it, is some help for this troubled present. Whatever it is that you're dealing with, it can be troubles. It can be the sufferings of mankind. There are things that are going on that are atrocities. We talked about in, in the presentation this morning in terms of the mission focus on Libya. We're talking about human trafficking. Now, that may not touch your world. But once you've been touched by that, you become very aware of it in terms of the problems that that presents, in terms of the exploitation, in terms of the abuse, in terms of the, the, just the horror of that whole thing. And you can, you can, you can go on sites that will talk about ministries that deal with that and try to do the interventions and all those kinds of things. But those are the troubles and the sufferings that people go through. You, you and I may not know a whole lot about that. Unless you've had a child or unless you've had a grandchild or some relative along the way that somehow got pulled into that and ended up abused or captive or dead, you, you may not be able to feel with that issue of the sufferings of mankind. On that issue, the sufferings of mankind can extend not just to trafficking issues. They can be they can be just the, the, the sufferings that, that you have. We we stopped at a restaurant on the way home yesterday uh, from you know, Virginia, and uh, we were talking with a, a, a gal who was behind the counter waiting on us, and she was having some real physical problems. Her knees were so bad, she said the doctors have told, you know she was she was getting ready to go on break. And as we got behind her, it was it was just like this, the springs. And I thought, and she had her cane. And I thought, man, how does she work? You know, but just the physical sufferings that she was going through. And she told a little bit of a story story to us. And we said, well, we'll pray God will will bless you and meet you at your point of need, and, and, and just kind of go from there. That's all you can say. She says, thank you very much. I need that. But the physical sufferings that people have to deal with. He can help you in that troubled present situation. He is a God who cares for us and knows us. He is also a God who provides comfort for us, comfort for mankind. Comfort ye, comfort ye, my people, Isaiah chapter 40, the God of all comfort, who comforts us in all of our troubles so that we can comfort those in any trouble with the comfort that we ourselves have received from God. In other words, it is intended that we experience something we Pass it along. Don't try to pass something along that you haven't experienced. That's part of the problem of church these days. They're preaching something, but they haven't experienced it. And unless you've experienced the comforter in your heart, in your life, the person of the Spirit of God, don't try to export it because it doesn't work. It doesn't sell. The clientele out there can spot the phony from the real. And so it needs to have the positive uh, life experiences 
that enables us to share the message of comfort and help that comes from God and the gift of help for a troubled present. God longs to be using us as people who will help pass that word along in terms of the comforting work of the Holy Spirit of God. Some of the grid for me this Christmas season is going to run through that Friday night service that was just very unusual. Barb uh, uh, and I were talking about that as we were reflecting on the, all the whole of it. You know, I mean, I've never been to a Christmas program where I had where I, where they showcased the Grinch. So I, I thought, what is this? You know, what is you know, and, and they were talking about you know what he did and all this kind of thing. And he's holding his dog up by the collar and shaking the dog and uh, these fuzzy Jim Carrey fingers going at him. You know that that kind of. And I thought, man, I hope we got more than that. You know, in the process here, but. But in terms of uh, the help of the Holy Spirit to provide comfort, there was no, there were, wasn't a lot of a lot of comfort there in terms of that kind of thing. But that but the thing that struck us, one of the things was the was the was the great care that this team of people who had shirts on that simply said, "Welcome." They were like greeters, and and we're convinced they must have had. Very good training to know when people came in what to look for. When when Barb and I walked in, you know, uh, you know, we'd never been in this place before, and it was much less light than this, and it was kind of like ambiance and blue lights. I felt like I, if I had a white shirt on, it would glow, you know, one of those kinds of color, you know, like black light or something. You know? And so it was just very different. And, but but some people came, they spotted. Us and they saw that Barb would probably benefit from sitting over here in this section, and 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 me then going and waiting in line. And then when time came around, and we were able to go in. I just pick her up and go right in. But they were doing that for very for several other people, extending care. They were giving good training. A, a veteran came in with his with his hat on, Navy, whatever it was, you know. And, and they, they, Barb told me that they walked over to him and they said, thank you. Thank you for your service to your country. Would you like to sit over here while your party goes and stands in line? So that occurred. They were very intentional in looking for ways to connect with people and care and extend love and comfort to them. That was a part of their gift they wanted to give. And the other thing that was nice is when we left the service that night, we all got a chocolate chip cookie. So that was nice too. A warm chocolate chip cookie to greet you as you as you headed out. So it's a gift. The last gift I want to remind you about is the one that I, I think I get most energized about, and that is the gift of hope for an uncertain future. The gift of hope for an uncertain future. Um, I know that we get anxious about days ahead. We begin to wonder, how is this? How is this world? How is our country? Let's put it in that context. How is our country going to survive this climate, this ruckus, this commotion, this this incivility, this stuff that's going on around us? N not just from the political side, but even in terms of 
issues, social issues, and and how somebody doesn't like what you're doing, and so they get in your face and they just kind of claw at you until you until you either yield or else you stand up and say, well, you're welcome to that opinion, but I'm welcome to my opinion too, and you deal with that back and forth of things like that. Sometimes you begin to wonder if this world is going to even make it very far. I would go back to an Old Testament portion of Scripture in Deuteronomy. So that you got to go make a left hand turn, go back Deuteronomy and uh, chapter uh, 33 of that chapter, verses 26 and 27. So here's what that portion of Scripture says. This is this is the last. Uh, legacy or sermon or reflections of Moses uh, before he uh, gets to go to be with God. And uh, verses 26 and 27 says this. Here's his testimony. He says, There is no one like the God of Jeshurun who rides on the heavens to help you and on the clouds in his majesty. The eternal God is your refuge and underneath are the everlasting arms. We have a hymn that talks about that. Leaning, leaning, safe and secure from all alarms, leaning on the everlasting arms. The eternal God is your refuge, and underneath are everlasting arms. In our day, as we walk among people we are connected with at work or family or, or church or whatever other context is, we will find several things that are true. One is the universal need for hope. As long as people have hope, they can keep going a little more. When they stop having hope, then they just kind of spiral down. This friend of ours who passed away and we had a memorial service in November for him, um, I asked, I asked Linda's wife, I said, uh, did they ever determine what the cause of death was for Don? And she said, well, there were four things. There were four things. And I went, okay. The one was a surgical procedure that uh, went septic and didn't go well, and so he developed some complications from that. Uh, one of the responses I thought was interesting, he said, she said that one of the causes of death was failure to thrive. Not unusual. Failure to thrive. So that there was, there was really very little purpose that they could find. And they no longer had the drive to thrive. It essentially lost hope in terms of being able to pull out of this and get better. Now, Don was a, was a man of faith, and so I know that the hope in the Lord was there even when you, you couldn't expect it was going to get through the physical issue but in our world around us, there is this universal need for hope. Hope that things are going to resolve. Things are going to turn. And it may not be that everything that you and I experience is all roses. There may be tough stuff. We talked about the physical sufferings people can go through. We can talk about the turmoil people can go through. And, and, but, and there's help and there's healing for that. But here we're talking about the need for hope. We, we are a people who have been given hope because of what Christ has done. And so our hope is in him and, and that, that the days ahead are in his control. And that even when things go spinning out of control on our end, 
God knows the beginning from the end. and We can trust ourselves securely and safely to him. But there's that universal need. People need to have something in which to hope. And that's why we come with the message of the gospel of Christ. There's a unilateral basis for our hope, and that is found in the person and work of Jesus Christ. And I know I'm preaching to the choir at that point. You ought to know this by now, that that's the basis for any hope that we have. Paul would say, he said, if in this world we don't have any hope, we're of all men most miserable. We just have no reason to live. But we do have hope, and the hope is in the person of Jesus. He is the unilateral basis for our hope, and he is the unique source for our hope. It is found in him. So at this Advent season, if I had a, well, there's a Christmas tree up here, but if I was putting presents underneath there, or I envisioned Jesus putting presents under there, I would say, here's, here's a gift. Here's a gift from, of healing from a checkered past. God can deal with our past. Here's a gift of help that can help us with our current troubles. We experience the comfort by which we've been comforted by God. And here's a gift, a gift of hope for an uncertain future where we don't know where it's all going to roll out, what it will look like, but we know that underneath the eternal God is our refuge and underneath our everlasting arms. The question is always when we come to settings like this, what are you going to do about the gifts? You're going to leave them under the tree? You're going to say, thanks, Jesus, but I don't need that. I don't need healing from my past. I'll just kind of live with it. I don't need help in my troubled situation currently. I'll, I'll just kind of make the best and muddle around and hope that sometimes things are good. And I don't need, I need, I don't need hope. I, I just deal with it here and now. It's, it's beyond that. It's, 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 it's living now with the hope and confidence of what Jesus has done and is able to do. My hope is that you'll receive them and that you'll allow those gifts to bring a, maybe a fresh light into your world into your life so that you can address each dimension of time, the past, the present, and the future that God has for you individually and for us as a body. Those are his gifts. He gives them to us today. At some point in time, when we go home, and I'm not sure what I'll all be when we'll open those other presents, but sometime or other, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to rip the paper off and see what's underneath those things. And, and I suspect you will too. It would be tragic that if, if you know, if you come back six months later and the gifts are still under the tree and it was, it was a resource that needed, probably not an air fryer, but it was a resource that you needed and here all the time you were not even taking it. That would be tragic. So at this Advent season, recognize that God wants to give you comfort. He wants to meet you at your point of need. And what you simply need to do is say, God, here, here's where I am. You know the struggles I've got. You know the sufferings. You know the hardships I'm dealing with. You know the things. You know the uncertainties of what the days ahead are going to look like. But I want to come to you and ask you to just give me everything I need. The scriptures say, no good thing does he withhold from those who walk uprightly before him. And he knows what you need. And he will, he will move heaven and earth to enable you to receive the gifts and resources that you need if you're willing to say, okay, I'm done trying to struggle and figure this thing out. I receive from you. So my hope and prayer today is that uh, you receive the gifts 
he has for you to deal with the past and the present and even the days ahead. Uh, would you join me as we pause for prayer? Father, earlier, um, as we were singing the, the one song, Welcome to Our World, it struck me so much that that really wasn't a very friendly place for your son to come to. But thank you that he was willing to come and be wrapped in a manger and give to us uh, everything that we need to deal with our past and our present and even days ahead. So you who wrapped divinity into humanity and dwelt and walked among us, you who came in flesh, who grew up in favor with God and man, you whose head wore thorns to help us understand suffering and help you understand the things that we go through. Thank you for what you've done. We give ourselves to you anew and afresh. We receive everything that you've given to make a way for us at this Advent season. So in these next days, when there may still be some shopping that people are doing or focusing in on, may we not miss the gifts you've given and we can receive. And we'll thank you for what you'll do. We'll give you all praise. In the name of Jesus the Christ, we pray. Amen. Amen. Okay. Uh, pray God will just encourage your hearts, minister to you at your point of need. If, as you're moving along or coming along, there are any concerns you have, you need to just kind of pull up to somebody and say, yeah, I'm really struggling with this thing. Uh, don't be afraid to do that. And allow God to use the body of Christ to encourage you even as you've come today and move ahead into this week. May the Lord bless you and keep you. May he cause his face to shine upon you. May he be gracious to you. And may he give you his peace. And all God's people said, Amen. sure enough, it works for me. Have a great rest of the day.